When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. Now, the one thing that we all know is Donald Trump has more classified information in his head than he does in his desk. You would think there would be an adult in the Republican room that would say, just calm down, see what the facts are. Hey, heck, maybe it was aliens. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective from D.C.'s top names. What I'm interested in is the amount of money that Donald Trump himself is raising off of it. The fact that it overshadows all the news is a negative for the Biden campaign. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The search warrant has been unsealed. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics. As we throw out the script on a breaking news Friday, we have learned a lot about what the FBI was looking for at Mar-a-Lago and what it seized. And we've assembled some of the smartest minds in law and politics to help us make sense of it all. We'll be joined this hour by Brad Moss, partner at Mark Zaid, specialist in national security and security clearances. By Michael Zeldin, former federal prosecutor and later Joel Rubin, former deputy assistant secretary of state in the Obama administration. A specialist as well on high-level security clearances as a deputy assistant secretary of state will have much more of their expertise coming up along with our panel. The signature panel is in place with Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. We have a lot to share with you as we turn to the big breaker here. A lot of folks thought they'd be talking about the Inflation Reduction Act which uh, is going to get a vote at some point, we're told. I spent about six hours in the House waiting for that to happen today, but I needed to come talk to you about the news that took over the headlines. And so here we are, Bloomberg Bureau in Washington, D.C., with the headline, DOJ cited Espionage Act in Trump warrant. FBI found secret files. That already is a lot. Remembering this search happened Monday, heads exploded Monday night into Tuesday, and we have been waiting ever since to find out what was inside the warrant. Remembering as well, we heard nothing from the Department of Justice until yesterday when Merrick Garland spoke to the media. The only person who really could have told us what was in that warrant otherwise was the man who tipped us off about the search to begin with, Donald Trump. 
And what a lot of messaging from him today. So the list of information seized, as I read on the terminal, includes documents labeled with various classified TSSCI documents. You're going to hear that a lot. That refers to top secret and sensitive compartmented information. This is Washington speak, a government label for material gathered through sensitive intelligence sources, methods or analytical processes. Now, before this came out, we're going to balance the legal and political sides of this for the for the balance of the hour. Republican leadership in the House held a briefing. They're here to vote on the Inflation Act today and wouldn't have any of this. An incredible pre-buttle, if you will, to the warrant being unsealed. Elise Stefanik, of course, a member of the Republican House leadership from New York. President Donald Trump is Joe Biden's most likeliest political opponent in 2024, and this is less than 100 days from critical midterm elections. The FBI raid of President Trump is a complete abuse and overreach of its authority. And as the American people know, unfortunately, this is the same agency leadership that protected Hillary Clinton, James Comey, and continues to protect Hunter Biden. We're hearing a lot about Hillary Clinton. And of course, James Comey, well, he ran, he ran the agency. Uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, Republican from Oklahoma, also Republican House member, uh, hitting the drum again on Hillary Clinton. I want to point out the double standard here, too. You know, we, we, we saw that the, this media frenzy about supposedly classified information, where was this same media frenzy when there was 33,000 classified emails on a server in a bathroom with Hillary Clinton? Why didn't they raid that bathroom? Why did they work with her to find out a time, a date, and what documents they could and couldn't see? Makes you start wondering, did any of them know what was in the warrant? Representative Chris Stewart, Republican from Utah, was certainly reaching. Look what's happened over the last five years. And look at the premise of most of your questions. Was it nuclear? Was it, uh, heck, maybe it was aliens. What? That's the point. We don't know. Well, we're asking them to tell us. And until they tell us, then we're going to have questions like this. And the presumption is going to be that it is political. Well, turns out not aliens included in the materials removed from Trump's home. Eleven sets of documents, not 11 documents, 11 sets of documents labeled classified, confidential, secret and top secret. Twenty boxes in total. Other items included on the list, a handwritten note, the executive clemency grant for Roger Stone, some photographs and information. This one really says what information about the president of France. It's got stuff on Macron. The items were seized during the execution of a search warrant signed by a Florida judge. And what a life the judge must be having. Let's start with our first voice of authority today. Brad Moss, as I mentioned, partner at Mark's Aid, specializes in litigation on matters relating to national security, security clearance law, the Freedom of Information Act, the Privacy Act, clerked for the National Security Archive. Brad, we couldn't think of a more perfect person to start off with here, having heard so much confusion around all of this. And to see the Espionage Act cited here, did this just get a lot more severe for Donald Trump? Yeah, so this is pretty interesting. So just uh, you know, off the bat, the Espionage Act is the worst titled law around. The majority of the crimes listed in the Espionage Act have nothing to do with spying. It's not about spying, espionage. right? Yeah, it's about unlawful um, stamp storage, handling, and transmission of information related to national defense. It's from yep. World War One. 
Um, but the fact that that's being cited is if, if the provisions in there that are being going to be relied upon are felonies with potentially huge uh, criminal sentencing uh, implications if convicted. That's bad for the president, yeah. for the former president. Yeah. That is, they have found in these documents, we've seen it in the inventory list, all these different sets of classified, properly marked, properly classified records, up to and including, as you mentioned, TSSCI, which is top secret, the highest level of classification, mm-hmm. and sensitive compartmented information, which means they only select groups of people even normally have access to it. Those are our most sensitive secrets up to and inc- up with uh, s- uh, special access programs. Very few people ever see those. There's no reason the president should have been holding on to that at Mar-a-Lago. He sent a series of messages today. Uh, some of them pointing, well, one of them pointing to Barack Obama, strangely, that was knocked down very quickly by uh, the National Archives. Then there was another one uh, that came in midday here. Number one, Donald Trump writes, it was all declassified, effectively confirming everything that he had been questioning. Number two, they didn't need to seize anything. They could have had it any time they wanted without playing politics and breaking into Mar-a-Lago. I'm already confused. Number one. The Justice Department does not think they were declassified, right? And number two, they apparently felt a need to seize these top-secret documents because they had asked repeatedly for them to be handed over. Am I, am I getting closer to understanding this? Yes, correct. So let's be clear. He, all this first was supposed to have been handed over 18 months ago. It was never supposed to have gone walking with him down to Florida. It, it took 18 months just to get these things back. It took 12 months in February of this year, for him to first ship back 15 boxes of records, which included all manner of classified information Mm -hmm. and properly marked classified documents. In June, FBI agents went out there with a subpoena, and they found more documents, and they were allowed to inspect the area, the basement where these things were sitting. Mm -hmm. And only then, two months later, after negotiations were breaking down, did they finally say enough is enough, we're going in to get these records. Nobody else would be allowed to sit there with sets upon sets of TSSEI documents sitting in their basement. They bent over backwards for him. But to the other point, this thing about declassification, this will be their primary defense if there's an indictment, that he, when he was president, declassified this stuff. And let's be clear, up until the moment Joe Biden took, o- took the oath of office, Donald Trump had the authority unfettered discretion to declassify anything he wanted with the exception of anything covered by the atomic energy act he could have declassified these documents but it requires more than a verbal order and there's no indication he did that's interesting because his lawyer has suggested that basically if the president of the united states thinks it declassified then it is but there had to have been a formal process that was not gone through correct so he could have sat there, pointed at a set of boxes, and said, I want those declassified, or I'm saying they're declassified. That's great. That doesn't do anything. You have to literally go document by document. Every single one of them has to be declassified. There's markings that have to be X'd out. There's yep. a stamp that has to be uh, put on it saying when it was declassified and by whom and under what authority. You have to go through that. And until you do, you cannot, as a private citizen post-presidency, hold on to them because they still have the markings on them. They're still supposed to be treated as classified. Is all of this on the president? We understand others boxed up these documents. They were stacked up in different places. I mean, is the chief of staff called out for this? Is the secretary? How does this work in terms of 
who gets final eyes on this stuff? How the heck did it end up in Florida with nobody knowing about it? Yeah, so in a normal, competent administration after the election, there would have been immediate negotiations between the White House staff, the White House counsel's office, any number of government staffers coordinating with the National Archives, and they would have transported documents into a secure, secure facility, sorted through it, figured out where everything needed to be stored, and started archiving it in anticipation of an eventual presidential library. That didn't happen with Donald Trump because he spent most of November and December and early January trying to fight the loss in the election. They only started going through this stuff two weeks before he was set to leave. And they just had staff throw everything in boxes that was in the residence, that was all across the White House. They threw yeah. boxes and put it on a truck and sent it down to Florida. That's not how it's <laughs> supposed to work. So these classified documents end up in the same boxes as Roger Stone's uh, clemency grant. And what is this? What do you make of this information about the president of France? So I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't sound like it's actually classified information about the president of France. It sounds like it was sitting in the same box with the Roger Stone information. That could have been just about anything. But the fact that the inventory list provides information on that and yeah. doesn't on any of the classified documents makes me think it's something totally unclassified. This is why we wanted to talk to him before we did anything else. Uh, great conversation and insights. Brad Moss, thank you for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. How about that? That's more than you've heard anywhere else today, isn't it? Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. I want to assemble the panel before we bring in Michael Zeldin for the view of a former federal prosecutor. There's a lot of politics going on here. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano are with us. Thank God. Bloomberg Politics contributors, they make up our signature panel. Rick, this has been a heck of a day uh, in Washington. You just heard Brad walk through this. Does this feel more potentially damning than it did yesterday? You know, I, I, I think it's appears more damning, mostly because of Donald Trump's comments. If he had just stayed quiet through the course of all this effectively uh, I, confirming I, this you mean 
confirming it and then denying it and then denying his confirmations. I mean, the point you were making about all the different uh, lines that he's putting out there. All uh, in one day, Rick. You know, he, he he claimed there was no classified information and he claimed he'd already declassified, declassified. it. So, I mean, like, well, maybe that's not mutually exclusive. But um, I must say, I've never seen anybody deconstruct themselves. I mean, you can tell why many Republicans are running for the hills from this guy today. Because what do you defend? He's changing his opinion on it by the hour. A lot of them were not, though, Rick. You heard some of the folks I played, uh, at least Stefanik included, uh, who, I mean, gosh, it's pretty hard to find a Republican in, in the U.S. House or anywhere in Washington right now who is calling out Donald Trump on this. No, nobody's calling him out. But this was the freak of the freak show today. I mean, Stefanik uh, gave it credibility by being there. Uh, but this was the group that has stand tall for Donald Trump all throughout and have been promoting every conspiracy theory known to man. So the, the fact that we're even reporting what they say is, I think, a stretch. Boy, Jeannie, uh, Donald Trump, in, among his uh, statements issued today, one of them was very short. President, he writes, President Barack Hussein Obama, he wrote the full name, kept 33 million pages of documents, 33 million much of them classified. How many of them pertain to nuclear, he asked. Word is, lots. Well, every reporter in Washington called the National Archives on that. And, they, and of course, you know, Obama world, they were quick to provide uh, evidence of that not being true. The National Archives scooped all of that up and keeps it safely uh, here in its warehouse. Uh, it, we're going to hear about Hillary Clinton emails and I guess Obama documents until November? Oh, we are. It is a Donald Trump back to deflection, blaming other people. But, you know, as I look through the documents that were released today, what is so stunning to me in terms of the laws that the DOJ are saying were potentially violated by possession of this material is 2071. And this is why Elise Stefanik is talking about less than 90 days to the election. Hmm. Penalties for that, if you are found to be guilty of it, include you are non unable to hold any office in the United States. Now, scholars differ in terms of whether that applies to the president, because qualifications for the president in the Constitution are pretty clear. But that, to me, is a major question here, because they are saying 2071, and that is a potential penalty for violation of that. And that stood out to me right away as that's listed at the top of this unsealed warrant. Mm. Yep. We are holding the warrant here in studio, our panel each has a copy as well, dated uh, August 11. How about that? Um, United States District Court, Southern Districts of Florida. Rick, how long can that party line continue? You just you just keep either quiet or supporting Donald Trump until Election Day? Yeah, I think I think there'll there'll be a, a noticeable silence by most uh, Republican office holders, you know, out of Washington. I mean, they're going to head home for recess. They're going to focus on campaigning and, and, and they're going to hope this dies down because mm. this does not help turn out the vote uh, for Republicans, you know, in the midterm election. So uh, talk about a distraction. I mean, we've talked in the past about how Donald Trump has a way of showing up as the major issue right before an election that has nothing to do with the campaign that anybody's waging. And here we go again. Uh, there, Whether or not he means to do it, he has a knack of doing it. Yeah, there will not be one single commercial favorable to Republicans about the Donald Trump raid at uh, Mar-a-Lago. So, um, you know, here he goes again. And uh, and so I, I think that 
there will be responsible Republicans who speak out and say, hey, we've got to get to the bottom of this. This is bad for the country and bad for our party. Uh, but uh, but I, I suspect those will be few and far between because the head in the sand strategy has been what most Republicans have done. Has the White House been smart to keep uh, quiet on this, Jeannie? They've been pretty buttoned up this week. Yeah, <laughs> they have been very smart. You know, when your opponent is getting himself or herself in hot water, just keep quiet about it. Don't get involved. They've been trying to do that. One problem for the White House is, of course, what is happening on Capitol Hill that you've been watching all day, which is an enormous success for them in terms of the potential passage soon of the Reconciliation Act, um, uh, the Inflation Act, Reduction mm-hmm. Act. And, you know, how many people have been focused on that? I noticed we had Steny Hoyer, Chuck Schumer out on the airwaves today, and every question they were asked had to do with Donald Trump first. And then at the end, oh, yeah, you're passing this. That's great. Good luck and move on. That's a problem for Democrats. So Hmm. Donald Trump, to Rick's point, once again, stealing the thunder of almost everybody maybe to the demise of some Republicans, but the yeah. White House has got to be able to get on message about this IRA bill. You only wonder if he, maybe he does mean it. How do you, how does that happen when you're not even planning it? Rick and Jeannie are with us for the hour. Of course, we wanted to just check in with them very quickly before we now connect with Michael Zeldin, former federal prosecutor, former special counsel to Robert Mueller while at the Department of Justice. Michael, it's great to have you back. We last spoke when we didn't know a lot about this. And I'll tell you, I keep hearing about the Mueller probe uh, by a lot of uh, mainly Republican lawmakers who are saying, hey, come on. Democrats have been chasing this guy. Russia, 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 collusion, all this business. They've never gotten anything to stick. How come this is going to be different? Does this feel very different to you? It really depends on the will of the Justice Department. Remember, in the Mueller years, we had the Barr Justice Department, and that was a very different approach to law enforcement than the Garland Justice Department. I think that had Garland been Attorney General during the Mueller investigation, he may well have considered bringing obstruction charges with Mueller, which Mueller outlined in volume one of his report. But that was then, and this is now. Huh. And we'll just have to see how Merrick views the seriousness of this and the prosecutorial worthiness of it. They may be content to just get these documents back, secure them, make sure the national security hasn't been compromised, and be done with this. But if they feel that he has maliciously or with reckless disregard concealed or mutilated or destroyed documents, they may feel an obligation to prosecute. So we're dealing with three specific federal criminal laws, and it's important that we try to break this down for our listeners, which is why it's great to have you help us do it. Uh, the first here, part of the Espionage Act, as, as folks have been hearing us, it makes it a crime to remove or misuse information related to national defense. Another makes it a crime to hide, damage, or destroy government records. And a third makes it a crime to falsify, destroy, or cover up records to obstruct or interfere with a federal investigation. Do these three seem obvious? Is there a lot of overlap uh, with, with the three? What's your reaction to these being cited? Well, they all deal in some way or another with concealment of documents or right. failure to return them. The, the 2071 statute, concealment, removal of documents without authority, mm-hmm. is a three-year felony. Then 793, the the next statute cited is whoever has possession of a national defense document and through gross negligence permits it to be removed or knowing that it's been removed, fails to report it, 
that's a 10-year felony. And then 1519, whoever knowingly conceals, destroys, cover-ups, etc., with the intent to obstruct or impede an investigation, is a 20-year felony. So you see the range of possibilities here, and what is appropriate, if any, will be determined by the Attorney General and his team as they look through these documents one by one. At the gross level, you can't yeah. say which of these applies most applicably, but... Um, but that's, that's the point, right? You throw all three up there, and then you know that can be figured out later. Exactly. Uh, do the penalties for any of these, as, as we have heard many Democrats suggest, disqualify Donald Trump from serving in high office again? Well, 1519... Um, implies that obstructing a federal investigation right and and um one of them specifically 2071 says Mm -hmm. if you've been if you've been convicted of this statute having willfully and and unlawfully obstructed uh removed concealed etc you shall be disqualified from holding any office under the united states so one of them 2071 carries this disqualification, but many constitutional scholars who I have spoken to once I had a sense that this might be a statute yeah. uh, at play have said, you know, I'm not so sure that that's constitutional. I'm not so sure that Congress has the authority to disqualify someone from holding office by merely concealing or removing um, a, a document. Right. Yeah. So that would be a, a, a big constitutional test. Boy, it's sure, sure. Yet another one. We need another one, Michael. Another constitutional test in this country. We haven't had one in August yet, have we? Yeah, exactly. Um, This is very helpful for us to understand here. What then, since we just spent the last four days wondering what was in there, just everyone talking without knowing what they're talking about, Michael Zeldin, what's the next most important thing for us to learn? What's in the documents and whether or not the Justice Department will release them, release the contents of that outside of a legal filing. Remember, Merrick Garland has been very clear that he only speaks through his court filings. So uh, short of leaks, we're not going to hear officially from the Justice Department, oh, by the way, in box number six, we found a document which says something. That's not going to happen. So the question will be, will Merrick Garland file something that we get to see, or will there be leaks of the contents and we'll get a hint of what's going on? So everything now depends on what we can learn about what's inside of these 20 boxes of documents that were just carted off, and the 15 boxes that came before that. I mean, 35 boxes of documents. When you think of a box, a a banker's box of documents, it's sort of a file cabinet drawer worth Mm -hmm. of material. So there are like 35 filing cabinet drawers uh, (laughs) that that were inappropriately taken by the president. It's hard to say that that was by accidents or inadvertence. I clearly need a bigger garage. <laughs> I, do. I, don't, I don't know what I would do with, with that many. You know boxes. what we're going to hear, though? What we're going to hear is what about ism? What about Obama? Yes. What about that? We're that, already that, hearing it, Michael. Exactly. We'll hear that. And then we'll also hear the, the defense that, well, Trump privately and secretly declassified these things. So yeah. this is much ado about nothing. Stay tuned Michael Zeldin, you've been a great help to us this week. Thank you for the insights today. A lot more straight ahead. This is Bloomberg. Broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Bloomberg 99.1, to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Boston, 
Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960 to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew. With breaking news from Capitol Hill, because we need more. We saw it coming. Actually, they voted late, and the House now does have the votes to pass Democrats' climate and tax bill. There it goes. The vote on this package ongoing, but Democrats have the numbers. That means build back better, soft infrastructure, Inflation Reduction Act, whatever you want to call it, is on its way to Joe Biden. We turn back to what we learned today from the unsealing of the search warrant, and there's a lot to talk about here in regard to not just top-secret information, but nuclear documents. What does that mean? As we turn back to the matter at hand, there's so much in this docket uh, that we're talking about here. Espionage Act, secret files that the FBI has compiled, TSSCI documents, and then this reference to nuclear documents, which could pertain to a lot of things. But of course, uh, we heard the, from the other side of the aisle uh, that is not taking part in any of this business with the FBI raid and, and in many cases defending Donald Trump. We've been through that this hour. Mike Turner, Republican from Ohio, on the idea of classified nuclear documents earlier today in the House. Uh, I can tell you that there are a number of things uh, that that are <clears throat> classified that fall under the umbrella of nuclear weapons, but that are not necessarily things that are truly classified. Um, And um, many of them you can find on your own phone as we as we stand here. And if they fall within that category, they're not an imminent uh, national security threat that would rise to the level of you have to raid uh, Donald Trump's home and spend nine hours there. I did check my phone and I didn't find any. Um, but I'm not sure exactly what he was referring to, to be perfectly honest with you. It's just a fascinating narrative going on in Washington. Nothing agrees here again. Joel Rubin, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State of the Obama Administration, specialist on Iran and Russia, held high-level security clearances as a Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, served to the Bush Administration for a time as well. With us now on the fastest hour in politics, Joel, uh, there's a lot to talk about here, but specifically when it comes to nuclear, it, it, what do you, how do you react to Congressman Turner on that, that, that a lot of essentially classified documents aren't really all that classified? Joe, I'm aghast. Okay. Mike Turner is a congressman who for years has been known as a, quote, nuclear hawk, as someone who has been a major advocate for America's nuclear infrastructure, for unlimited spending to ensure that we have a safe arsenal, one that's effective, for being tough on foreign adversaries who have or want to possess nuclear weapons. Russia and Iran come to mind. For him to gaslight in this manner, to talk (laughs) down the severity of the nuclear information that may very well have been loose at Donald Trump's home, yeah. It's just shocking and deeply disappointing. And for all of us who serve in national security, uh, quite frankly, uh, uh, dizzying. It doesn't make sense. Oh, it's OK. But from a factual standpoint, are there grades of classification when it comes to nuclear documents? Can you explain that? You bet. <laughs> I mean, uh, and the grades were on the boxes that were taken out of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, <laughs> there are uh, there are uh, Q-level clearances, it's known, which is the highest. That's the nuclear 
uh, of a certain level of uh, expertise. There's top secret uh, SCI, uh, which is uh, sensitive compartmentalized information, which is uh, for a limited amount of users. Uh, we call them uh, consumers of that information, policymakers, and then it goes down to top secret and then down to secret. Uh, and so uh, nuclear could encompass a variety of things from plans about the actual infrastructure, where targets are, uh, where infrastructure is located to information about our adversaries. It runs the gamut. We do not know what's in those boxes. And the mere concept that we're even thinking about it is a complete threat to our allies who are going to be worried about what has been exposed. And it, it undermines confidence in our nuclear infrastructure. So back away from this, because we're obsessed with specifics today. We were so hungry from them for them. But a lot of folks are asking, yes. well, what in the world was Donald Trump doing with 35 boxes <laughs> down in Mar-a-Lago to begin with? Explain why that's a problem to begin with, because let's say the records, the Presidential yeah. Records Act and some of this stuff. OK, fine. You know what? People need to calm down. This guy was the president as as we heard from, uh, I believe it was actually Congressman Turner today, he's got more classified information in his head than he ever had in a document. What could happen to, <laughs> to this type of material being left relatively insecure, as we know, before the FBI asked that additional lock was put on the door? Uh, what, what type of threat does that present if it's actually living with a former president? Yeah, you know, Joe, you just don't know. Uh, and, and that's why any of us, all of us who received security clearances, we were trained from day one uh, in a training about how to make sure you take care of your secure classified material. Uh, the number one line was, you can't take it home with you. You just don't take this stuff out of the secure facility. Yeah. You leave it there. You leave it in the locker. You leave it in the room. It never leaves. It is unknown. And for over a year plus, it's sitting in Mar-a-Lago a den of thieves who knows who's running around that place who knows what foreign adversaries are buying tickets to go hang out with the president and meandering through the hallways late okay at so night. that we don't know that's getting a little closer to a legitimate threat direct threat you don't bring secure classified material home to an insecure location ever and the president of the united states is not exempt from that either this president uh, playing fast and loose with the nation's secrets yeah. puts us all at risk. Well, we've talked about uh, this, uh, the fact, apparently, that he, that Donald Trump didn't actually box up all this stuff. He had stuff everywhere. Some of these documents were stacked up. Uh, some of them had nothing to do with each other. Some of them had been torn up, apparently. And so, the, the you know, they scooped up everything in the Oval. They shipped it all down to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, does that suggest intent? Maybe on behalf of someone else, does the chief of staff take the fall for that? Is, did Donald Trump even know what was in those boxes? So much for the buck stops here, right? Um, <laughs> I guess those days are long gone. Uh, it's his house. It's his property. Uh, he was warned early on after he left office that he had boxes of materials and needed to be returned to the government. Yeah, He refused to turn over boxes for months. It's the repeated requests, right? That's what it. makes this so... Uh, he was subpoenaed much in issue. June. Yeah, he, he was subpoenaed in June and they refused to comply. This was not a raid. This was an enforcement of a subpoena that the target of the subpoena refused to respond to. He knew it clear as day. Joel Rubin, great to have you with us. Former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State with us on Bloomberg Sound On. These are the kind of voices you hear on this program that make sense of what in the world is going on. Without reaching to the right 
or the left. We just reach for the expertise. We're going to reassemble the panel next. Rick and Jeannie are coming back. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. This is Bloomberg. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Just another case of remarkable timing on a Friday in the summer in Washington. Not the timing Joe Biden, I'm assuming, was hoping for or any member of the Democratic leadership, even though they don't seem to be rooting for Donald Trump today. But, you know, this is the big vote in the U.S. House. This is what guys like me were sent to cover in Washington today. The Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, Look, this was a big deal. It was a big deal a week ago when the Senate passed it. It was a big deal a year ago when it failed. Back then it was called Build Back Better. This just happened a moment ago. On this vote, the yeas are 220, the nays are 207. The the motion is adopted. Nancy Pelosi in the Speaker's roster. Democrats in the chamber standing and applauding. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. Not a soul on the other side of the room. But that's done. That's going to the president now. Breaking news. And, you know, when news breaks, we need to let you know about it. To the point of our panel earlier, though. <laughs> you think anybody's going to hear about this if they don't listen to sound on? Just dial around and look what the other news agencies are talking about. It's Trump. Mar-a-Lago. It's the FBI. Let's bring in our panel. Rick Davis, Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, we hit this already, uh, Jeannie. Not, not good timing for Joe Biden, but maybe in the end this ends up being like a golden day for him. Was this the end of his potential uh, campaign against Donald Trump? 
Yeah, as Biden would say, this is a big, big deal. He'd use another choice term. He would, probably. yeah. Thank you. And I won't use it, but it is an enormous deal. We have buttons for that, Gene. <laughs> yes, just, just block me. But, you know, this gives the Democrats the opportunity to go back home, you know, 88 days essentially before the midterm and say we delivered on the major campaign promise. And really, as, as you know, I've been, you know, completely pessimistic about their ability to do this against enormous enormous odds with a 50-50 Senate. And these are really important developments to slash greenhouse gas emissions by 40% to extend tax credits. You know, we're talking about clean energy. We're talking about minimum corporate taxes. We're talking about enormous changes to health care. You know, the list goes on and on. Big priorities for Americans across the board. And the White House has shown, and Congress, importantly, has shown they can deliver. And so, yes, it's been drowned out by Trump today, mm -hmm. but there's a three months or so that they have now to go talk about it. And will it change what happens in Congress in terms of the makeup for next term? Who knows? But these are big deals, and it's going to make the losses they feel in the fall less than they may have been. You know, one of the big stories in the last 24 hours, uh, Rick, and you guys talked about this, I know, yesterday, is the idea that Joe Biden, they're moving ahead. Uh, with a campaign, whether he announces is another matter, but they are taking uh, the, the sort of going through the motions of, of making this happen. Does this actually potentially backfire on Joe Biden if 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 this, you know, this gets Donald Trump at the knees here? It does, he's not able to run again. Did that just make it much more difficult for Joe Biden to be reelected? Um yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think that, uh, uh, you know, there's it's a binary question as to whether Biden runs and if he does run, who he runs against. If he doesn't run, what does that mean for the field of Democrats? And and I think that's really where people's heads are right now. I, I think that kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen on the Republican side, especially after the events of this week. Uh, with the investigation ramping up on Donald Trump, not just the one that that resulted in uh, the, the 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 FBI going to Mar-a-Lago, but all the others that are actually piling up right now, um, it's just too hard to tell. I mean, this I've never been in an environment where there are so many political unknowns about the future of the presidential cast of characters. Um, you know, arguably four months before that campaign starts. I mean, <laughs> usually you can handicap the whole thing by now. Yeah. And in this case, you're, you can't even move until you figure out who the top, uh, uh, what happens with Biden, what happens with Trump. Yeah. Well, I'm going to remind everybody uh, that the first debate is set for June. We're going to have a debate in June. We do not have a lot of time to figure this out. And look, unless something changes and it feels like the earth may be changing under our feet in some ways, inflation is going to be the story, right? It's not this whole story about Donald Trump is fascinating. Larry Summers talking about this uh, in a really interesting interview with Bloomberg, of course. Dismayed, the former Goldman Sachs guy, dismayed that certain tax components, including carried interest, were taken out of this bill at the last minute. I think it's very sad how much uh, special interest lobbyists were able to stop things that are clearly in uh, the public interest. 
Okay, I asked Jim McGovern about that today. I asked a number of Democratic lawmakers about it because Larry Summers was supposed to be the reason why this was good. He said it would lower inflation. Jim McGovern, the congressman from Massachusetts, chair of the Rules Committee, spent a lot of time arguing for this on the floor today, and he appeared on Bloomberg Live. Well, look, I, I would just—I would also point out that Larry Summers is, in, is encouraging everybody to support this bill, uh, as our economists uh, all over the all over the country. Uh, look, at this bill will help uh, lower the uh, the deficit. This bill will lower the cost of prescription drugs for senior citizens, will lower the cost of health care uh, for millions and millions of American families. And in addition to that, it is the biggest investment to com- combat the climate crisis in our history, ever. So this is a huge, historic moment. Now the question becomes, how do you remind people? Because nobody's talking about it today. Jeannie, there's been talk of a national tour. Oh, how about a whistle-stop tour? Put Joe Biden on a train and send him off for a month. Is this the kind of thing? Remember, that's what they said they wish they had done after Obamacare. That's right. And, and you know, he should be out and about, you know, whistle stop tours, taking a bus, however he wants to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not you know, we don't know how many Democrats are going to want him in some of these swing states, but he can go where he's wanted. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there is a, a as big of a deal as this is. And it certainly is. Larry Summers does have a point in terms of this decision at the end and particularly driven by Kristen Cinema to you know allow what what seems to be a hypocrisy for for many progressive and liberal democrats that you know they opted out of the closing this loophole and allow really wealthy investors to continue so th- there is a point to be made there because of all the things that they opted not to do the fact that it was that and we understand why Kristen Cinema wouldn't get on board without it, but mm-hmm. it does raise real questions in people's minds as to why and what she was getting out of making sure that didn't happen. It's going to be an interesting weekend ahead here, uh, Rick. Most of this story, until today, really, well, until Merrick Garland spoke yesterday, has been all about leaks, right? We heard, I, I guess, the, gosh, leaks from everywhere and all sides of this story. Breitbart, for crying out loud, broke uh, this warrant earlier today. That would be Steve Bannon's uh, operation. Um, does Donald Trump bring us in on some of this now? What, how does he manage any damage control from here? He still actually holds a lot more information than the people covering him. Oh, I'm, I can't wait for midnight because I guarantee you he'll start, you know, tweeting on his, uh, or I guess you can't call it tweeting, uh, whatever he does on his social media uh, event. I, I think he is uncontrollably uh, uh, desirous to try to manage the flow of information here. Look, he was the reason Breitbart got that that warrant he had it and gave it to them and and so so he's playing the game he's trying to control the narrative on here the problem is his efforts to control the narrative keep catching up with him mm-hmm. uh, i definitely think merrick garland got the best of him this week he put him on defense he didn't play it well trump on offense can be something to behold but trump on defense is a disaster and that's where he finds himself going into the weekend i'll tell you Jeannie, does it uh does it hasten his announcement for president or delay it You know, I think I've always thought that it hastened it. The more that he is under legal pressure and it looks like the DOJ, you know, or, you know, whatever happens with these many other lawsuits, whether in Georgia or New York or elsewhere that he's facing, that is going to be something that he is going to seriously consider. And we heard that after Monday, he was celebrating by all reports with Republicans, the fact that this was a politically motivated raid, as he called it, and that for that reason, he was likely to announce earlier and 
and more Republicans supported him in that than they had before the quote unquote raid. So I do think he's going to use it. And he is fundraising off of this. He has been since Monday. So it has been a boon for him in that regard. And I think he will continue that and likely will announce as a result. We know that the DOJ could take some time before we learn more here, Rick. Uh, Do you expect another, you know, visit to the podium by Merrick Garland before November? You know, it's interesting. I mean, some commentary today, which I found fascinating, was, well, maybe this is all they wanted. Maybe they just want to get these secrets back into control of the government huh. and get them out of the basement of Donald Trump's place. So it's not uh, about being punitive. We just need to protect the information. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we may never hear another thing about this if they choose not Boy. to prosecute for any reason. If this is all the story that there is. Uh, and they feel uh, uh, satisfied that they've received the material, they may choose not to prosecute. So I, I think all these options are ahead of us. I think there's going to be, as you described it, a leak central, right? I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's going to be trying to push a narrative. And, and I suspect, um, you know, for the balance of August, this is what's going to dominate our attention because Congress goes home, they've accomplished their task, and now the vacuum is going to be filled by Donald Trump. The Sunday morning shows ought to be a riot. I'll have a Bloody Mary. Thanks to everybody for being on the program, including, of course, our panel, Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. We couldn't do it without them every day. Brad Moss, Michael Zeldin, and Joel Rubin are experts helping us decipher what is in the warrant. Meet you back here on Bloomberg. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Join global business leaders and investors at the Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit, returning to Singapore on July 31st. Take part in solutions-driven discussions on how to drive business value and unlock opportunity while remaining nimble in times of change and greater ESG accountability. Learn more at BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore. That's BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore.